Take up your Bibles and let's read from John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Again, welcome guest. I'm preaching through the book of John in the mornings, Hosea in the evenings. And uh, we've come to one of those wonderful chapters in John. They're all wonderful. This one particularly. It's so easy in this one to see where, where John uh, has been reading as uh, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, he writes this chapter concerning our Lord Jesus Christ. It's quite obvious he's probably just in his daily Bible reading of the Old Testament, had just been reading Ezekiel chapter 34 when he, when he penned this particular section of Scripture. And so let's read it. Beginning in verse 1, we'll read through verse 21. Again, inerrant, infallible, trustworthy, God's word. Truly, truly. Or you may have a translation in your lap that says, Amen, Amen. I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out his, all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a sheep, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. And I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? 
the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his word for us here this morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Indeed, your word is life and life abundant because your word displays placards before us, our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that you give us ears to hear as our shepherd, our good shepherd, calls us to himself and into his pastures this day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. My father-in-law has for many years kept cattle out on his farm in Roan County. Uh, The number have varied. Right now there's about 25 or 30 head of cattle out there. Uh, There's been up to 50 or 60 at times. But in his uh, his age at this time, he's he's dealing with a fewer fewer cattle. But uh, I go out there with him, and he can pull up into the barnyard in his pickup, and he gets out and he starts hollering. I won't try to imitate it. It's gibberish. It's cow talk. And wherever those cows are in those hundred acres, they come. They just come, cows don't run, they just kind of flounder across the hillsides there, trotting along. From time to time, he'll be, when he's traveled in the past, they don't do that much anymore, but when in the past they have, he's asked us, would you run out to the farm and check the cows? Just count to be sure coyotes haven't got a young one or something. Be sure there's hay out, they need hay, put the hay out. Sure. Do you know that I can get out of my car and I can holler my lungs out and try to sound like Jimmy Bell? And those cows just keep their faces in the hay wherever they are on those hillsides. They don't recognize my voice. Some of you children have dogs like that. And you have friends come over. And they want to play with your dog. What's his name? You tell him the dog's name and they call him and he just looks at them like, who are you? And then you say, come here. And all you got to do is just call his name or her name and she just trots over and wags her tail. Right? Some of you children have dogs like that. Well, listen, sheep are not nearly as intuitive as dogs and apparently not nearly as intuitive as cows. And we think cows are pretty dumb. There's a reason God used sheep as an analogy for us. We're dumb. Spiritually. We're sluggish. But he did. He used the dumb animals to picture us. How much we need a shepherd. In this passage, we've got a wonderful picture Jesus paints of himself that he is the good shepherd that was predicted back in Ezekiel. Did you notice how many times in those 24 verses I read that God said, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep. I, I myself will come and be the shepherd. And now Jesus is saying, I am the shepherd. The I am says two things. First, Every time a Jew 
A good, faithful Jew heard the words, I am. In the Greek, it's almost always doubled. Ego I me. That means I, I am. And here Jesus throws it at him twice. I, I am the shepherd. When they heard that, they heard Ezekiel. I, I myself will come and do this. Now there's no mistaking in Ezekiel. God's the speaker. He's the one who says, I'm going to come. And now Jesus is saying, I'm the one who's come. I'm, I'm God. I've come to be my shepherd. And there's so much here. And because Bradley went on and on with announcements, we don't have all the time. I'm, I'm just joking. And by the way, oodles. Don't you love the word oodles? Does he use oodles all the time, Lisa? Not all the time. But I, I like that. My mama and daddy used to say oodles of things, and I don't. I like it. It's a good word. Uh, sorry, I wasn't picking on Bradley. He knows that. Uh, we, may, we may not cover all this, is my point. And that's okay. We'll, we'll do with what we're going to do with here. I do want to do this, though. I want us to remember the context first. That's always important. We've just come out of chapter 9. And in chapter 9, Jesus is interacting with the Pharisees. In fact, he's just dealt with them at the end of chapter 9. Let's just reread that so you, you remember. Jesus, verse 35, Jesus heard that they had cast this young man out, the one who had been born blind. Remember? They put him now after all the questioning, who did this? How did he do this? Why did he do this? I thought you were that blind kid. Yes, I was that blind kid, but I'm now no longer a blind kid because he did something to my eyes and I can now see. And so they, they finally, now they say, okay, he's out of the synagogue. Put this guy out of the synagogue. And so Jesus heard that they'd cast this young man out of the synagogue and he went and he found him. Isn't that just like God to always be the aggressor, always be the one who goes and gets his people? Do you believe in the son of man? He asked. The man answered, who is he, sir, that I may believe him? Jesus said to him, you've seen him. It's he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Jesus said, for judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees, here's where, listen closely, some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, are we also blind? Jesus said, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say, we see, your guilt remains. Okay, as I said before, Jesus is in a, in a real complex way saying, yeah, you're blind. But you don't know you're blind. You won't admit that you're blind. That man knew he was blind. And it's back to that whole Jesus saying, I came not to save those who are righteous, but the unrighteous. I came to save sinners. So he's telling the Pharisees. And then from right there, him saying, yeah, you're blind. You just don't admit it. He says this, truly, truly, I say to you, who's the antecedent of you? The Pharisees. He's talking to the Pharisees still. And he gets, he calls their attention. Truly, truly, 
or amen, amen, is just like the behold of the Old Testament. It means children, what? Sit up, straighten up, look up here, pay attention. That's what the truly, truly means. Just like behold, behold means. Look up here. Don't, don't let your minds drift off here and there. So he's, he's calling the Pharisees to straighten up, listen to me, look at me. I'm talking to you, Pharisees. And so he says, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. So the true shepherd, his voice is unmistakable. He who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name, leads them out. Did you notice the other sheep or the other They don't listen to the robbers. The sheep don't listen to them in verse 8. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Now he's not talking about all the prophets of the Old Testament there. He's talking about all these Pharisees that have come immediately before him. And his true sheep are not listening to them. And we've seen that already in John, haven't we? After almost every episode, we're told that there were some who believed in Jesus. They heard the voice. They recognized the shepherd's voice and they followed him just like this man did right here. Having been blind, now he could see and he followed Jesus. So the first thing Jesus does here is he gets their attention, truly, truly. And by the way, isn't it the case that often we ignore people we're most familiar with? Husbands, the voice of your wife can grow so familiar that you don't pay attention to it. Isn't that true? And wives, your husband's voice can also grow familiar to the point that we don't listen to that. Children's voices, moms are the best at this. They become so accustomed to those little those little. Voices just yak, yak, yakking, and they, and, and, and dad gets home from work and it's driving him, well, it's, it's, anyway, and, and mom says, what, what's wrong? And he says, don't you, didn't you hear? No, I didn't hear what, what was said. Here's the point. Jesus is saying, you people have become so familiar with the voice of God that you don't pay attention to it. You've been hearing God speak to you from the beginning days and you don't listen. And now I'm speaking and you're not paying attention. Listen to me. And then he hits them right in the face. You're a bunch of thieves and robbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say you're the shepherds, but you're not. You're the ones who who steal from the sheep. You're the ones who muddy the waters of Ezekiel. You're not calling the sheep to truth. And so I've come myself to do it. I'm the true shepherd. So he calls them to attention. He points out, reminding them that there's, there's false voices. By the way, there were false voices then. Paul tells us in Acts chapter 20 that there will always be false voices. John in 1 John warns us that there will always be the Antichrist. There will always be prophets among us who are not really of us. 1 John chapter 2. In Acts chapter 20, back to that passage, Paul says, he, he uses the sheep and the wolves analogy, right? 
He says, they're going to be, they're going to be those in your midst that come in and they're teaching you and preaching to you and they are wolves in sheep's clothing. You need elders of Ephesus. You need to know your doctrine well enough. You need to know your Bibles well enough to where you will not fall prey to the false preaching and teaching uh, that's in your midst. And sometimes it'll not only be in your midst, but it'll come in from outside. And we particularly struggle with that today, folks, because of radio and television and the Internet. People listen to so much that goes under the label of Christian. We have preachers on networks that's called Trinity Broadcast. Trinity. Trinity means something. Trinity. One God, three persons. And Trinity Broadcast Network has preachers who don't believe in the Trinity, but believe in one God, Jesus, Jesus Unitarianism. Now you say, how is that possible? I don't know it is. And so people listen to these, these people and they're being fed lies, these wolves in sheep clothing. It's all around us and we have to be aware of it. We have to be sensitive to it. We have to be, have our ears attuned to it. And we need to be mindful that our Lord Jesus makes a strong statement here. He says, his sheep do not listen to them. There are just times, folks, when you need to turn off the radio and you need to shut down the computer and you need to say, look, that was just wrong. I'm not going to subject my soul to that because there's way too much good stuff, folks. I'll just give you one example. Covenant Presbyterian Church. Is just better stuff than that. On the internet, sermon audio, those, those men are diligent. They don't let just anyone post their sermons on sermon audio. So you can be fairly confident that if you're listening to sermons by men on there, there are men who are trusted. Paul said there would always be this problem. John said there'd always be this problem. By the way, those men were writing under the guidance, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That's God breathed truth. You can trust it. You can believe it. Just as Jesus said, the church would always prevail, but it's going to prevail against in, in the midst of trials and tribulations. Truth will always win out, but truth will always be juxtaposed to untruth. There will always be untruth out there. There will always be shepherds who are teaching untruth. But the true shepherd's voice is unmistakable. True sheep don't have an ear for false prophets. The false shepherds are in their place under false pretense. Jesus warns of wolves in sheep clothing, as I've said, and yet the sheep won't be deceived. I realize this could be a sensitive issue because we say, well, I know someone that was led astray by a charlatan. But I'm going to tell you, folks, we have to be very careful. One of the things I've tried to make a point about over and over recently is the distinction between profession of faith and possession of faith. We talk a lot around here about what, what, what the genuine faith is, the, the proper true object of true faith is. 
There are a lot of people who say, Lord, Lord, and even do good things. And on that last day, Jesus will say, depart from me, for I never knew you. Just because someone professes to be a Christian doesn't mean they are a Christian. Listen to these words from Jesus. False Christs and false prophets will arise and will provide great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the chosen ones. Don't miss those two little words, if possible. Let me read it. Jesus, Jesus is saying this, y'all. There are going to be false Christ. There are going to be false prophets arise. They'll do great works. And they would mislead the elect. But it's not possible. See, he's, he has so attuned our ears to truth. And when you find somebody going off, following untruth, you can just know they didn't have the tuning. The regenerative work of the Holy Spirit had not tuned their ears and their hearts and their minds to know the truth and to hear the truth and to follow the truth. Their desire was still to follow the ways of this world. I think it would be difficult if you're a parent and that's, that speaks to your children. Or if you're children, it speaks to your parents. Did you notice how this paragraph closes, this opening paragraph? Jesus says all this. The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. He leads them out. When he brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but rather they flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. And then the last verse is sad, isn't it? That's just a fulfillment. Verse 6 is just a fulfillment of all that's so many times said in the Old Testament. Isaiah says it this way, having ears to hear, they didn't hear, and eyes to see, they couldn't see. And these Pharisees, remember, that's who he's talking to. He's particularly talking to the Pharisees, the religious leaders. And they didn't have ears to hear. They didn't have eyes to see. Verse 6 says it. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. That's a remarkable statement, isn't it? These were the men who could have regurgitated to you by memory the entire Torah. The law of God, the first five books of the Bible, and they didn't have ears, they didn't hear the truth, they didn't recognize the Messiah that had been sent to them, the I Am. Children, listen, you can sit in church, a good church like this church, and be taught the catechism on Wednesday night, and at home. You can sit in the Sunday school lessons and hear all about Jesus and all about our great God and Savior. You can sit in this worship hall every Lord's Day morning, every Lord's Day evening and hear the preaching of the word. But 
and be lost and go to hell. You can, you can miss it just like these Pharisees did. If men who were trained in the scriptures, who had it memorized, who knew it by heart, they not only knew the first five books by heart, they knew all those extraneous laws that, that, the, that the Old Testament Jews had put upon the law. They could call those out. We were here in Presbyterian yesterday, and we get all tangled up. Which section in the BCO or the RAO speaks to this? And somebody would say it's 5BC3DE. And you're like, which page is that on? Well, these guys didn't have that problem. It was all up here. And by the way, remember the Old Testament? And they didn't have the New Testament. The Old Testament wasn't versified. wasn't chapterized or versified. And yet they didn't understand what Jesus was saying. You know what? The only way you're going to understand what Jesus is saying here when he says, I'm the door, I'm the shepherd, you're sheep, you hear, you listen, you follow, is if the Holy Spirit of the living God changes your heart and gives you ears to hear and eyes to see. Jesus said, if you're born from above, you will not only see the kingdom, but you can enter the kingdom. And you enter the kingdom through Jesus Christ, who's the way, the truth, and the life. We'll get to that in John chapter 14. That's all we're going to do today, because that's a good place to stop. With a question, have you, have you entered the kingdom through the door, and the door is Jesus Christ? And do you really believe he's the only one that can save you? It's not all that you know. The Pharisees knew it all. And they didn't understand. It's who you know. And it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, thank you that you speak to us so clearly and plainly. But more than that, that you give us your spirit. You change our heart of flesh, our heart of, our heart of stone rather, into a heart of flesh that's pulsing, that's beating for you. We ask that you would do that for everyone in here this morning, young and old, middle-aged. Doesn't matter that you do it for us all. As we walk out these doors, we would love Jesus with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we'd have ears ready to listen, ready to follow Jesus Christ wherever he leads. We ask this in his name. Amen.